for your episode um, on healthy relationship approaches uh, and the art of the apology. And we are talking today with life coach, mindset coach. She's a lot of things. Miss Missy Ammerman. Hi, Missy. How are you? I'm great, Rona. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. I am so excited. And so I'm just going to do a quick intro. Happy spring, everyone. It's been a long, dreary winter, uh, but um, I feel like it was dreadful. A lot went on, and I was just discussing that with Missy. I had a lot of transitions that happened with me, and I just feel like um, with the short days and the long nights of you know, this winter that we just went through on top of a whole pandemic, it just really forced me to go inward a lot. And I came out of this time, I know it was different for everyone, everybody had different things going on. I just shared with Missy, I had quit my job just a few weeks before the pandemic. So I was in the midst of several, you know, major transitions. And I came out of this pandemic, you know, this year in 2021, with just a new perspective um, on so many different areas of my life. But one big part of it was relationships, um, not just how I was, um, just everything with the relationship, how I was approaching conversations, um, you know, just, it was just a lot. Um, and I found myself apologizing a lot, not knowing if I needed to be apologizing, but I felt it was important for me to do so. And so I've been following Missy um, on Instagram, but we're old high school um, classmates. Um, we share several amazing friends. And so when I saw Missy talking about the art of the apology, I immediately went to her website and was like, what is this? The art of the apology? There's an art to an apology? Oh my gosh, because I am okay with apologizing. Not everyone is okay with apologizing. Uh, and so to hear that there is an art to an apology, um, I don't know. I just had so many questions. And then Missy just does so much with life coaching, mindset coaching. Um, I just thought it would be a great conversation. So Missy, welcome to the Road Trip to Wellness podcast. So, so Thank happy you. to have you. Please tell us a little bit about you and what you're doing these days. Well... As you said, we, um, <laughs> we went to high school together. Um, since high school, I have become a licensed clinical social worker, which basically means that I'm a therapist. I've been a therapist for about 20 years um, and have been transitioning into a little bit more of a coaching model. So I coach, the way I say it, I have sort of a, hybrid of therapy and coaching. So according to my clients, um, I tend to maybe be a little bit, maybe more directive than some mm -hmm. therapists. Um, I kind of give homework when clients want it and when I feel like it will be helpful for them. But the main things that I focus on are clients who are dealing with anxiety, um, relationship issues, mm -hmm. and are just struggling with some basic limiting beliefs about themselves, mindset mm -hmm. issues that hold them back from mm -hmm. really who they want to be. And I think who they are really intended to be. So we work through um, kind of that Part of what I talk about is that inner critic. We all sort of have this inner dialogue yeah. that is, we're talking to ourselves about ourselves. So, so those are the, those are the main things I coach on and then relationship issues. And what I tell people is, you know, we are all taught how to do algebra and chemistry. Most of us are never going to use algebra or chemistry. Mm -hmm. We are not taught about how to have healthy relationships. And we will all be in relationships with other people, whether it is coworkers, mm -hmm. children, spouses, friends. So um, I, part of what I do is help coach people on how to have better relationships and how to 
navigate conflict. Gotcha. Well, gosh, I have questions. I told you that, but even in you saying just that, now I'm like, I have more. I told you last question. So starting with the anxiety, um, mm -hmm. definitely I have felt some of that and um, mm -hmm. work related, you know, just feeling like I'm not enough. There's just pressure uh, mm -hmm. and just, I feel like that caused, and I, we just, you and I had that conversation. I felt like I just got stuck with, Mm. Being in that cycle, almost, you know, the and, and we're hearing this terminology a lot, the grind culture, you know, the hustle culture, you know, that type mm -hmm. of thing. And that's what I felt like I was in. There are some other things that had happened in my life, some, you know, some lost death. Um, mm -hmm. And I felt like I, at that time, I've gone back thinking about all of this. And at the same time, some of those things were happening. There were several transitions happening, like I was starting a new job and my sister died. Mm. So all of these mm. big shifts, and I feel like you just, sometimes we get in just this cycle of just being on autopilot. And so you just yes. go, 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 go. You keep going until something happens. And that's what it came to for me. It was anxiety. Like I was just having these racing moments. I'm sitting in my office and it's just, my heart is racing really fast. Um, and just feeling like I want something more, but how do I break out of this? I didn't know what to do to get out of that. So how do you help clients kind of work through, you know, those emotions, whether they be work-related? So, you know, there are people that truly suffer from anxiety disorders, from panic. Um, and some of us are just hardwired for anxiety or for depression. At the same time, um, there usually is a thought that is causing us to feel anxious or depressed. Mm -hmm. So for example, we often think, you know, it's our situation that is causing me to feel stressed out. It's because I got fired from my job. It's because, you know, um, there's a pandemic. It's because I've had this loss. And while that's true, our circumstances certainly impact us. <clears throat> it's our thoughts about the circumstances mm -hmm. that creates our feeling state. So for example, you know, let's just say, let's just pretend you got fired from your job. And while that's probably a very scary circumstance, it's your thought about this, about that situation that is creating the feeling. So, you know, if you were to say to me, <gasps> you know, I'm feeling really stressed out. I'm feeling really scared. I'm really nervous about finding another job. What I would want is for you to go back and identify what is the thought that's creating that feeling. Sometimes clients will say to me, I'm not thinking anything. I just feel, I just feel anxious. Oh, and wow. I'll stop them and say, there's all, you may not know what the thought is, but there's always a thought that has led to that feeling state. So then we'll go back and we'll identify it. Well, you know, I got fired. How am I going to pay my mortgage? And I've got my kids tuition and um, I've got, you know, my car payment and I'm probably never going to get a job as good as this again. They were overpaying me as it was. And, you know, it's a pandemic and nobody's hiring. Those are all thoughts. Absolutely. So if we can go back and we can say, you know what? Actually, I really wasn't that happy in that job anyway. I've actually been looking for a way out. Like I know that my soul was not intended to be there. And I do have a couple months worth of savings and this is going to be okay. I have survived a hundred percent of all the crises I've ever faced and I can figure this out. And I trust that God has got my back. Mm -hmm. I know this is going to be okay. Well, if I think those thoughts, then instead of feeling panicked and scared and hopeless, <clears throat> I may not be excited about the fact that I lost my job, mm -hmm. but you know what? 
I feel more calm. I feel more hopeful and I feel a little bit more confident. Mm -hmm. So now because we've changed that thought, we've created a different feeling. So maybe if I was anxious on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the most anxious I've ever been, maybe now I've backed that down from a 10 to a seven. That's improvement. So now then that feeling state is going to create a different behavior. So when I was so panicked, I was just, my mind was spinning and I couldn't get anything done. And so I sat on the couch with a bag of Cheetos Mm -hmm. and watched days of our lives for three hours. But now me, Missy, um, sorry not to interrupt, but I get myself in these cycles where I can't pull myself out of the racing thought cycles. Like it last week was one of those, and that hasn't happened in a long time, but it's taken a lot of work, like Mm -hmm. what you're saying, to get me to a point, because I tell people all the time and they think I'm joking, I will spin a story so fast in my head and on and on and on. And I'm going to say this to her. And when she say this, and then I'm going to say that. And if she, (laughs) I mean, I go on, like I got it all planned out. Like I got ABC, you know, everything. It's hard to get out of that sometimes. It really is hard. And, and the thing is, is that um, now, like you're really proficient at it now. Like you're good at, you're professional at spinning a story. Yes, absolutely. So, so, and it it comes. I even get anxious kind of talking about, because it really is Mm -hmm. real, like seriously. It is real. Yes, I, I know it, it completely is real, but if you can, if you can recognize this is a habit that I have, mm-hmm. I, I know about myself. I have a habit of quickly spinning a story and going from zero to 60 in, in two seconds, I go from, I got fired till I'm living in a cardboard box mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that. And so if, if you can one, just take a breath and recognize, you know what? I'm spinning a story right now. And just because I'm having this thought, it doesn't make it true. Right. I have lots and lots and lots of thoughts in my brain that are not true. I am not my thoughts. I'm just the observer of my thoughts. And if you can get some distance from yourself and from your thoughts, that can help. And so Maybe now, if I can just say to myself, literally saying to yourself out loud, the phrase, I notice that I'm having the thought that blah, blah, blah. I notice that I'm having the thought that I'm not going to be able to pay my mortgage this month. Mm -hmm. It's just a thought. So maybe now we go from a seven to a six. So our situation triggers a thought, which creates a feeling, which then determines how we behave. It determines mm-hmm. what next action step we take. So if when, when Rona is spinning, and you feel like you cannot get out of that, that's going to dictate what you do, how you act. Absolutely. So now I'm, like I said, <clears throat> I'm going to get a, you know, I'm getting the bottle of vodka or I'm getting the bag of Doritos, or I'm getting online to go buy a new dress, whatever it is. We, if we have coping skills that, you know, maybe aren't the healthiest, but if you can think the new thought, you know what, this is going to be okay. I can figure this out. I have a lot of good work experience. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I have a great resume. I've got this. Then instead of getting the vodka and the Doritos, Maybe instead I'm going to go update my resume. Mm -hmm. And now because I've updated my resume, I can apply for new jobs. And now maybe I can get a job that's so much better than that old job. So we think it's, again, we think it's our circumstances. It's the situation that makes us feel a certain way. And while that certainly impacts us, Ultimately, it's our thoughts about it. And if you've ever heard the phrase, um, pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. Yeah. 
And we create our own suffering through these stories that we spin. Yes. yes and we get to choose our thoughts and you get to choose a new story. And in that way, create a completely different feeling state. I love that. I love that. Cause it really has, it's been hard work. And then thinking of the other side of that, you stay stuck, Missy, staying mm-hmm. in those thoughts. You not only stay stuck in the thoughts, but it almost literally, and I can say this for me, it almost stops your life. Like you it does in what people have said to you and it literally halts what you're I don't know if I should ask that, but how do we get there or how do we move out of just that stuck, you know, to. <laughs> well, get- and it's, it can be paralyzing. Yes. Um, and, and what can happen is when we get into a really scary mind state, um, sometimes we don't recognize it, but our bodies are responding to situations with almost a trauma response. So we can get into this fight, flight, or freeze mode. And you can, you can get, feel frozen, feel Mm -hmm. stuck, feel like I can't, I know that I should be doing all these things, but Mm -hmm. I feel like I can't get myself to do it. I can't make myself. Right. Um, So that feeling that you're describing, maybe that that's where I'm spinning and I feel like I can't get out of it. Um, That's probably in part, almost like a a trauma response Mm -hmm. to a scary situation. Mm -hmm. So there are a couple of things to do when you feel in that, that stuck state. First of all, you know, sometimes I will recommend to clients to almost do a brain dump. So thinking about taking all of this garbage that's in your head and dumping it out onto paper. Like, what is it? What is it that's going on with me? And I mean, pen to paper, not even typing it. Yes. Writing. That's true. true. I'm Mm -hmm. not a writer. I don't like writing. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that, but that is, there's something about that. Just putting, what is that, Missy? What is it about putting that pen to paper? You know, I don't know. It's an act of um, using, I, I don't exactly know why it feels more helpful, but using our bodies, connecting our minds to our bodies and mm-hmm. getting those thoughts out and then seeing them in black and white. This is what is, this is all the garbage that's floating around in my head. And then questioning, you start then learning how to question your thoughts. Is that true? Is that really true? Is it true that um, I'm never going to find another job? Well, it feels true right now. Right. Okay. But can you, do you know with a hundred percent, a hundred percent accuracy, do you know that that's really true that you're never going to find another job? Well, no. Okay. How do you feel when you believe that thought. Oh, I feel horrible. I feel panicked. I feel nervous. I feel hopeless. Okay. Who would you be without that thought? Mm. Oh, well, I feel lighter and I would feel more confident. How do you treat yourself when you believe that thought? Mm. Oh, terribly. I beat myself up and I hate myself and I do destructive things. How do you treat other people? I'm snappy or I'm withdrawn. I hole up and I don't answer texts or phone calls. And, you know, there's (laughs) all true. (laughs) So, so if you can, if you can just recognize, and I am not suggesting, well, this is just easy peasy. Just think a new thought and everything's all good. Exactly. Absolutely. I'm not saying that, um, it makes everything okay. There are still very hard circumstances, but when you are paralyzed with fear and anxiety, then you're not in a frame of mind where you can make good decisions for yourself. And it affects the way you treat yourself and it affects the way you treat other people by either being short and snappy 
and um, unkind or perhaps withdrawing and ignoring the world and holding yourself in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we're just coming all great things, Missy. Thank you so much. I promise you it's, you're saving my life. You're really <laughs> thanks for me because really um, I didn't realize, and I've told people this a couple of times, and I may have mentioned this on the podcast before that, um, before we started recording today, I was just sharing with you this cycle I felt like I was in just on autopilot. And I told somebody, I said, had I not done the work that I've done over the last year and mm -hmm. then ended up quitting my job and then a pandemic hit, I said, mm -hmm. probably two years ago, if this would have happened and I would have been in this position, I don't know if I would have made it. I don't know if how I would have mm -hmm. reacted because emotionally, Missy, and I didn't even realize it, where I was emotionally until like last year, I was just like, I felt like a fog had been lifted or something, like really. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I felt like it was something had been hovering over me and I didn't even realize it until now um, based on the way I feel. And I'm just wondering if people are walking around like that, feeling this way, not understanding what they're feeling, because um, we're talking about, you know, mind, body connection, you know, all of those things. And it just makes me wonder if I was feeling that way, how many other people, like you said, are in this cycle of just trauma and being scared and they have no idea what to do absolutely no idea what to do. So that's just a scary thought for me. It is to know that, you know, people are suffering. Yeah. And I think so many of us, you know, we just sort of go through the motion and, and just like you said, we're on autopilot and we're just trying to get to the next day to get to the weekend, to get and start and do it all over again. <laughs> and, um, and I think a lot of us, it's easy to get in that cycle of living in that fog. And, and I think part of it is we, and we're not aware of it. This is happening at a subconscious level. We're so used to thinking the same thoughts over and over again, mm -hmm. right? So, um, you know, I'm driving to work and I hate my job. Oh, and I can't stand that secretary either. Lord have mercy. You know, I got this meeting at 1030 and I know she's going to talk too much. And, and so you get into this, you get used to thinking the same thoughts. Mm -hmm. You drive the same road to get to the same office to sit in this same chair. And when you are, when your visual cues are the same, then it triggers the same thoughts. Oh. I'm not even aware of it. And sometimes I will say, you know, if a client is really struggling, I will say, literally go sit in a different room. When you go on your walk, don't go on that same walk that you've gone on 7,000 yes. times. Go to a different neighborhood, go to a different park so that you can trigger, you have different visual cues that can trigger different thoughts for you. And for me, that's good. Cause I'm a very visual person that makes mm -hmm. so much sense to me. Yeah. And, and, you know, we don't think about it. Like it doesn't even occur to us, no. but you're literally looking at the same walls at the same picture at the same, the same, the same. Um, <laughs> and so what, if you think about, we, we have a habit of thinking the same thoughts and thinking the same thoughts about ourselves. So oftentimes those thoughts can be negative, you know, you know, I'm such a loser. I'm never going to get a better job, you know, whatever it is. And so we're going to work on developing a new habit. We're going to work on thinking new thoughts. So instead of saying, you know, I'm so fat, I'm never going to be able to lose this weight. I'm going to say my body is my body is taking care of me and I'm going to take care of it and so that I can feel comfortable in it whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And you may start to think so we think about those thoughts the way I describe it it's like a tire track that neural pathway we want to create 
a new tire track. So this thought that we've been thinking for a long time, it's really deep. Yeah. It's this deep tire track. We thought it 10 million times. We're going to try to create a new path, a new neural pathway, a new thought. Now then we may start out and we're doing really good. We've created that new path and then kakunk, we end up back in that rut. Mm-hmm. That's okay. We're going to just drive ourselves out of there. Yeah. Maybe we may be going along. Hey, doing pretty good. And then kakunk. Yeah. We're back in that old thinking that old thought. I hate myself or things are never going to get better. My life is never going to change. That's okay. We're just going to see, we're going to keep steering out of that old rut until we've deepened that new path. So sometimes people say to me, well, it's not working. And what I will say is it's not working yet. Mm. So we've, we've just got to practice. No, most people are not naturally or do not become good at something on the first time. The first time you try to shoot a free throw or hit a baseball or whatever it is, you probably don't hit a home run that first time. You've got to practice. And I mean, look at any professional sports player. They don't say, yo, I don't need to go to practice. I'm good. Yeah. Like they practice, you know, I mean, like Tiger Woods, I don't know what it was. Your job. That's your life. Yes. Every day. And so it's going to take practice. Absolutely. But eventually the, the hope is that this new thought, that healthier thought is going to feel second nature to you. Yeah. And that's going to be your automatic thought instead of that old scary thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's hard work, folks. It really is, but it's so worth it in the end when you learn to develop those habits. And just like Missy said, I was I went back to the old rut last week, like really deep in the rut. And so it's I'm grateful to be talking to her today because yeah, it's just affirming um, some things. And Missy, just as because I do spiritual work too, do you? Um, because you're saying a lot of um, affirming thoughts, you know, helping people use affirming thoughts. I use like affirmation cards. Do you promote using those types of things like that for people? Um, I love, you know, we're using some of the same techniques. Like I'm, I said, it's hard for me to journal. I just have never been good at that. Mm -hmm. But when I do, and then to go back and look at the stuff too, is astonishing sometimes. It really Mm -hmm. is something about, like you said, putting your brain putting this mind body thing together and just seeing what comes out in that brain dump. Um, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and affirmations, um, I think those are really important and there are apps where you can actually record. Um, there's an app that I use and you can record your own affirmations in your own voice. And there's something about it being in your own voice that Mm -hmm. is supposed to be more powerful. You can use background music. um, You can choose your own background music. So sometimes I will just, (laughs) before, you know, I mean, I think many of us have this habit of getting on our phone first thing, last thing in the day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So instead of getting on social media, playing those affirmations and beginning your day that way with that. This is the start to my day, yes. some affirmations in my own voice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think that can be really helpful and putting out there what you want to receive. Like yes. this is how, so when I think about my day today, you know, thinking about, I want it to be, I want it to be warm and I want I want it to be surrounded by positive people and I want to feel energized today. I'm not thinking, I hope it doesn't rain and I hope nobody cuts me off in traffic. Yeah. I'm not thinking about what I don't want. I'm thinking about these are the things that I want. Yes. Yeah. So bring those in, attract those to you. Um, Mm -hmm. That's another, I'm going to say that too. A law, the law of attraction is such Mm -hmm. a trendy term right now. Um, how, How do you feel about that? You know what I was, I was, (laughs) I tried to resist it, but I think it's true. 
It is so true. I, and, and, um, and I do, I think about, I really try to be intentional about thinking about what I do want and the small things and the big things. And I have to say, it is kind of crazy how it works. Yes. And I'm not saying, you know, Ed McMahon showed up at my door with, you know, $20 million, but, but I will say that, you know, when I put that positive stuff out there, I do tend to receive it back. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I have read the secrets. Um, I've watched the secrets. Um, and you know, they talk about people receiving checks and I'm like, what a bunch of crap. Like tell me when to receive no check. I'm telling you, I have received checks. And I'm like, I believe you. Yes, I totally um, agree. I believe you. I totally believe you. Yeah. I know. I think um, it's in some like glamorous, you know, this, oh, these amazing things. And it's not to say that nothing bad is ever going to happen to you. You know, hardships in your life, but there is an easier way for that. You don't have to stress every day. You don't have to be so worried and in your thoughts about what's going to happen next. And I guess I will since I'm saying this for myself, and I know this is a lot of people that I've dealt with too, um, or friends have dealt with this, the fear of the unknown, mm-hmm. that seems to be some of my issue too, is I don't know what's going to happen. And so I'm going to plan it and try my best to, you know, make it all work just in case. Like I said, it's the plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D, E, F, G, you know, just in case, you know, I just want to make sure everything is going to be okay. And we have absolutely no way, like you said, uh, like you said, are you a hundred percent guaranteed that that's going to happen? Well, no, but no. Are you 100% sure that that's going to happen? What are you planning for then? You know? And so do you work with your clients on just, I almost called it I'm just free falling. Like I'm literally, I feel like sometimes I'm just like falling, you know, no safety net. I'm just free falling and God's just going to do the thing. I, just, right. So, so planning is good. There's nothing wrong with planning. Planning is wise and it's smart. Um, so I am not saying you shouldn't plan. I think you should plan. At the same time, if you're so attached to the outcome that when that outcome doesn't happen, that that's when you start spinning, then that's not a good thing. So I think you have your mindset has to be, I'm going to do all the things that I know to do to make wise choices for myself and to put myself in situations that I think are going to benefit me. Right. Now then what happens? I can't control that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this is where that anxiety piece really can come in for people. So um, this idea of I'm waiting for the, I'm just, I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yes. Sometimes people struggle with that. Um, Renee Brown calls it foreboding joy. So mm-hmm. it's this idea of, um, I can't enjoy what's in front of me because I'm just waiting for this bad thing to happen. Wow, Missy, yes. And in our minds, we think, you know what? If I obsess about this terrible thing that could happen, then when it happens, it won't be so bad. Mm. Like I'm going to try to control, I'm going to try to prepare for it. So if, you know, my dog gets run over by a car and... (gasps) you know, I'm thinking about this terrible thing that could happen. So I start obsessing about it. And it's our brain's way of trying to keep us safe and trying to control things so that if the bad thing happens, it won't feel so scary. But the reality is if your dog gets hit by a car, you're not going to say, thank God I have obsessed about this for the past year. Because now when my dog got hit by the car, I really don't care. It still sucks. Yeah. So, 
So we are wasting our energy and robbing ourselves of joy when we obsess about bad things happening. Do you feel like we were talking about the law of attraction? Do you feel like you can attract bad things too? If you're spinning in that, do you feel like? I think that you see what you look for. Mm-hmm. And when you start scanning for bad things, and I will tell people, it is like, think of like a metal detector and you're literally scanning. And if you start scanning, beep, 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 beep. It's like <laughs> you can hone it. You can find something. But yeah. if instead, so if you can think people. about... Yeah, you can think about scanning for good things. I'm only going to look for good things. And, you know, it's like if you get a new car and you get a black Camry, all of a sudden, everywhere you go, it's black Camrys. You see them everywhere. You see them everywhere. (laughs) Um, So it's this idea of you see what you look for. So if if you can decide today, I'm going to look for the good. Yeah you will start to see it. If you are, if you start the day and you're already annoyed and you are looking for someone to make you mad, your people are going to make, you're going to, you're going to find it. Yeah. So it's yeah. just training your brain. I'm going to scan for the good things. And, I, and if you do, you're going to be more likely to find them. I love that. That was such good advice. That's such good advice. Well, let's move into a little bit. We talked a little bit about your space and your environment um, kind of affecting how you feel. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I think I emailed you this. I think I'm going to get a feng shui certification because yes. I love beautiful things. And I love, I talk a lot about energy in my work um, on more on the spiritual side. And just, I love having people, I love hearing people when they walk into my home or they used to walk into my mm-hmm. office space and they would always say, it feels so good in here. You know, like Mm -hmm. I want to come over here all the time, Rona, you know, I'd have fresh flowers. I tend to do that regularly. And people, you have fresh flowers and it's just so relaxing. I love that feeling Mm -hmm. with the plant, with plants around and the colors that I choose. Um, Tell me a little bit about that. You said in your bio on your website that um, if you weren't doing um, your coaching work, um, that you and your therapy work, that you would be in interior design because you really think um, your space affects your mood and vice versa. Um, tell me a little bit about that, your thoughts on that. And if you do any work in that space. Yeah, so I think your environment is so important. And I think we need to embrace the idea that beauty is not frivolous. Mm-hmm. Like having a beautiful surrounding is important to our well-being. And, you know, I, I mean, and I always, for me, a cluttered space is a cluttered mind. Yes. I cannot, if my space is cluttered, I cannot, I literally feel like I cannot think straight. And so just having a space that makes you feel like asking yourself, like, what is it that I want to feel? You know, whether it's calm or energized. <clears throat> creating a space that, that, that sets you up for that feeling state. Sometimes mm-hmm. with clients, I can think of a couple of clients, they tend to be uh, young adults. And um, because we've been doing Zoom because of COVID, I can see this cluttered crazy space that they're sitting in mm-hmm. and I've got a couple of clients there you know it's like they're in their beds with their computer and it is just junk mm-hmm. everywhere and they're depressed they're anxious and so I've so, several people I've given the assignment clean your room and make your bed every <laughs> single day that's your homework that is your homework. And they kind of look at, yes. And they look at me like, I don't want to make my bed. And I said, you don't have to do it forever. Do it for a week. Mm -hmm. I want you for seven days, every morning, get out of your, stop staying in your bed all day. It's not intended for you to, to hang out there. It is, it is a space to sleep. This is not your living room. This is not your workspace. This is where you sleep make your bed every day and hang your clothes up and tidy your room. 
And so they say, okay. And then I say, and every morning you send me a picture of it. No. And then they're, and then they're like, and so they have to send me a picture of their made bed and their clean room. And every single person has said, oh my gosh, I feel so much better. Yes. I do not feel I've, every person has said, you know what? I feel less anxious and I feel less down. Yeah. So, so yes, just doing some, and you know, I'm not saying you've got to like go hire Martha Stewart to renovate your whole house. (laughs) I'm literally saying, put your shirt on a hanger and make your bed. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and so just that helps now that in addition to that, like, do I love color and do I love beautiful things? Absolutely. And I think that, um, again, that can affect, you know, I think our space affects our mood and it affects how we feel. I definitely um, will. I do. Yeah. I do the colors that I chose um, and kind of some of the textures too. Um, like I have bamboo and, you know, just these really soft browns and light gray, some pops of color, uh, but mm-hmm. just tranquil spaces, you know, just to make you feel peaceful and calm. Um, But of course we know other colors, if you want, you know, some more vibrance, you know, reds and, you know, things like that um, are great too. But yeah, I just wanted to talk about that because I thought that was just so cool. Yeah, Um, yeah, Yeah, that's my, um, when I was a little girl, I would would cut out pictures of rooms and I had this album where I kept all of them. Um, And for some reason I did not go down that path. I kept, yeah, so in the Sunday paper, there would be um, an, Ethan a- an Ethan Allen ad <laughs> that would come. I could not wait to get my hands that on that. That is so funny. I love that. that I would so- cut those rooms out, and I had a photo album that I put them all in. I love um, that. It's almost like vision boarding, you know, like you see mm-hmm. what you are visualizing some things, you know, that you wanted to see. Um, for yourself, even as a little girl. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Cool. I love that. Yeah. Um, well, going back a little bit to um, kind of relationships and things like that, um, you work with clients, um, couples and individuals. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think I'll talk about individuals because I am a single person and I live mm-hmm. alone. Um, you're in Kentucky, I'm in Indiana, but the pandemic, there was a lot of isolation. Uh, but what I was just conversing with one of my friends about now is I just said earlier too that I'm okay with being by myself. Like I will close the door. I will draw the blinds. I will be in here eating and cooking and yoga in and doing whatever I do. And I will never leave this place. <laughs> you know, it doesn't bother me, you know, sometimes, uh, most of the time, but now the world is starting to open back up. And um, mandates are being lifted and people are transitioning back into work, you know, in school and being around people more. Are any of your clients feeling any anxieties or um, any feelings, you know, are they feeling some type of way about um, whether they're single, um, moving back into kind of society, you know, everybody commingling again and getting used to we've gotten used to being by ourselves and now we got to get used to being, it's another shift. It's another, and I guess that's the question too. There's so, there've been so many shifts and so many transitions. Um, Has it been hard for your clients? How are they moving through these transitions? And now we're getting ready to go through another one. Yeah. So literally probably not until this past week, have I heard people starting to mention that, Mm. um, so I think, um, that's not just, me ju- right I'm sorry. It must not just be me feeling that right now then I guess. No, it is not just you for sure. Um, no, this is, and depending on how much the pandemic affected, you know, I think the pandemic affected different people in different ways Absolutely. and 
whether they were um, still going to work in person, whether they were working remotely, whether their children were going to school in person or staying at home and doing that remotely. So everybody has a little bit of a different um, situation about how much the pandemic impacted them. So I think the more probably isolated you were because of the impact, you know, some people have elderly parents that they were living with or caring for. So they had to be, they felt like they had to be really, really careful and strict. Um, other people had different situations and maybe had to go to work in person. So they've been out in public more than some of the other folks have. So um, if you are a person that has, the pandemic has really isolated you, I think it is going to feel like a bigger transition. Yeah. Um, and so again, what I would say is this is a situation that is maybe making people feel anxious, but I would want to identify what is the thought that you're thinking that's making you feel scared or nervous about going back in public. So it's the same thing. Yeah. There's this situation that has triggered a thought mm -hmm. that has created a feeling uh, that, yes. <laughs> that then this, this, this determines our behavior mm -hmm. um, yeah. and then creates some sort of result for us. And so, so that's what they, okay, now I know exactly why I'm feeling this way. As soon as you said that there's a thought and I'm like, well, what's my, oh, yep. I know what the thought is. I know why I'm feeling this way. You immediately made me think of that. Thank you. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, no, no. And your thought, like that, whatever that thought is, yeah, that's what's making you feel nervous mm -hmm. or scared or, or whatever that feeling is. I'm not exactly sure, but yeah. yeah. So it's the same thing you can apply. And this is just, all this is, is basic cognitive behavioral therapy. Yeah. CBT. We've probably, many of us have heard that term. That's all that is, is how yeah. our thoughts create our feelings. They create our behavior. Yeah. 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 As soon as you said that, I'm like, yes. I know exactly and see, this way now. I know what and, thought is making me feel this way. And see, and this is an example of when sometimes we just think, I'm not thinking anything. I'm just scared because everything's opening back up. Mm -hmm. And, but they're, and, and people are usually, usually quick to identify the feeling. I'm feeling nervous. I'm feeling panicked. Yes. Or maybe they'll have a judgment. Why, why, why aren't they wearing a mask or why are they still wearing a mask yeah. or, you know, whatever it is. Um, but there's always a thought. Yes. Yes. It's always a thought people find your thoughts. I love that. Who I'm going to be tracking these thoughts. Lord, stay keeping myself out of the cycle. Well, write it down, write it down, write it down. Exactly. Exactly. And really the techniques that you're saying, and that's what I tell road trip to wellness is all about simple, practical solutions. And so just like Missy was just saying, it's basic CBT and you got, it's so simple, but it's so difficult also at the same time. Yes. So it's not yes. like you not recognize that. So like she said in the beginning, understanding that even these simple techniques that she's, they're so hard to grasp sometimes. And for us just to move through them because we're so attached to those thoughts and, you know, those ways of being. So yeah, I'm right with you all. And so before, I don't want to keep you super long. I just, this is another area that I really wanted to talk about. Um, because like I said, relationships were at the top of my list. I really, you know, thought through some things, my, my part in, you know, the relationships, if something happened, my part in that, and then I found myself apologizing a lot. Not sure if I should be apologizing, but I thought I should just for my own healing. And so I wanted to talk about that too. But then I saw one of your posts and on your website, the freaking art of the apology. And I was like, what? There's an art to it? I had no idea. So I really want to know more about the art of the apology and what you 
I don't know, I just wanna know all about it. Um, how can I be an apology artist? What do I do? <laughs> um, <laughs> or do I even wanna be that? I don't even know if I wanna be that. Well, I think that, um, you know, we are not taught, again, we're not taught how to do relationships. We're not taught how to apologize. We've probably never maybe had an apology modeled for us. Um, We tend to get, if someone accuses us of something, our first knee-jerk reaction is to get defensive, which is totally normal. So um, what, and a lot of my training is from Dr. John Gottman, who talks about some of this stuff. Um, But if someone accuses you of something, if you can, one, validate the other person's feelings, even if you don't agree with the facts, you're going to validate the way they feel, one. And two, you're going to try to find a way to take responsibility for some piece of what they're bringing to you. So if they accuse you of 10 things and you're thinking, I didn't do nine of those, but I can kind of see how I did the 10th. You're going to take responsibility for that piece. You know, I'm really, I'm really sorry that um, I hurt your feelings. I'm, I can see how you would feel that way. And you're right. I did yell at you and that wasn't okay. Instead of, well, you yelled at me first. <laughs> because, and, and that may be true. Yeah. That, that may be a hundred percent. It's only funny because it's true. Or that a, may be, I'm apologizing, but I have been guilty of that. Yes. And I'm it's so easy to do. But yeah, well, I'm sorry I yelled at you, but you shouldn't have. Yes. You shouldn't have yelled at me first. Mm-hmm. 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 So now we just wiped out, but tends to negate everything <laughs> that I comes know. after it. So and it's hard. So, so that's my way of justifying my behavior. I'm sorry I yelled at you, but you, you shouldn't have oh so blah, 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 blah. So mm-hmm. really what I'm saying is really you deserved it. Oh, um, don't stab me like, oh man. That was- <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know it's hard. <laughs> I feel bad already. Yeah. Um, and, and we all do it. And, and this is what I say to clients. How could you expect to, to know how to do this? Yeah. How, how on earth would you, would you know how to do this? No one's ever taught us. Another thing that we do is when let's say you and I are arguing about something and instead of me listening to I'm listening to what you're saying and listening to understand your point of view, I'm probably not really listening to you. I'm listening. I'm not listening to understand. I'm listening to respond. Yeah. Yes. So everything. So you're saying, I'm like, Nope, that's not true. Mm-mm, nope. That's not how that happened. Uh-uh, she's wrong about that too. She's already spun the story in her head. She's going to be ready for you. So yes. Yeah. Yes. So I'm building, first of all, I'm, so when I'm not listening to understand you, when I'm listening to respond, I'm not listening to you. I'm not hearing what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I'm building my own rebuttal. Mm -hmm. I'm building my case like a defense attorney Mm -hmm. to what I'm going to say next. All I'm thinking about is what I'm going to say. So if we can, if we can change from our mentality, from listening to respond to listening to understand, then that can help us actually hear where the other person is coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's a hard one too, um, because we do want to respond and that's okay. And it's natural mm-hmm. to want to respond. Um, and then knowing, you know, we can't control what the other person thinks or feels. We can only control how we treat that person. Right. So they may not, they may not um, receive our apology well, or they may not forgive us. Yeah. Um, 
And so then, you know, asking yourself, is there something that I need to do to make amends here? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I burned your shirt. I need to buy you a new one. Yeah. Instead of saying, you know, you didn't really like that shirt anyway. <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> oh my gosh. Right. Please people don't do that. That's not- <laughs> that's not good wow um so you know again um if we can the the defensiveness piece is it's so hard to not feel defensive so starting starting any discussion and this isn't necessarily applied to an apology this is more of a even like having a an area of disagreement but starting with what's called a softened startup So instead of describing the other person, I'm going to describe myself, Mm -hmm. how I feel and what I need. So instead of saying, you know, you're so lazy, you never help with anything around the house. You don't, you don't even, you don't even put your plate in the dishwasher. What's wrong with you? Instead of saying that, I'm going to say, you know what? It's really frustrating for me when I've worked all day and I, I need you to help me with the dishes. Mm -hmm. That would really mean a lot to me. I'm describing how I feel. I'm frustrated. And this is what I need. I need you to, I need you to help me load the dishwasher after dinner. Instead of what's your, like, you're so lazy. All you do is think about yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, how do you think that's going to go? Right. You're right. I am so lazy. I'm a total asshole. All I do is think about myself. <laughs> Thank you for letting me know this. Yeah. yeah. Like that's never, that's not going to end the way you want it to end. Absolutely. So you're describing how you feel and what you need. You know, I'm, I'm feeling unappreciated right now. I really, I, I need a hug mm-hmm. instead of all you do is ignore me. So having that softened startup and that comes. So thinking about when there's an area of disagreement, describing yourself, describing what you need. Um, and that can, that helps to de- decrease the defensiveness. Mm-hmm. And so when, when it comes to an apology, um, if you apologize and the other person puts it back on you, instead of becoming defensive saying, you know, you're right. I can see how you feel that way. I'd probably feel that way too. Yeah. And just let it, just letting it rest there. There's, mm-hmm. like you said, it's the outcome. You can't control the outcome of it. You did, yeah, your, you, you did your part. Right. I to say too that because this is how I felt. Like I said, the reason I felt it necessary to apologize is it wasn't for them. Of course, I wanted to apologize to them, and I always want them to feel good, and I want them to accept my apology. But it truly yeah. is also for my own healing. I can't mm-hmm. hold on to this because remember, I'm over here spinning stories still. <laughs> you know, right. Right. Own healing. I need to do this. So I can say, like you said, whatever, it doesn't matter what they say, then it's, I understand how you would feel that way. I understand if you're not able to accept my apology right now, I just wanted you to know that I do apologize. I'm, I really am sorry. And just Mm -hmm. leave it there. Yeah. That's it. Yes. And I think that's perfect. And sometimes less is more. Sometimes we want to keep talking and adding and da, 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 da. Good point. And, and so I think sometimes it's like less is more. Yes. And you end oh it there. Stop, Missy. Oh, Lord, she's getting me together today. I'm taking <laughs> so serious. Like, really, really. Um, so before we go, I did want to ask you because I do consider you because you do such, this is mental health work. Um, so I do consider you an essential worker, um, especially during this time during COVID. But, well, not especially during this time, just every day, you're an essential worker, like mental health, we know, you know, the statistics and we know, you know, where it's been, I'm sure it's been on the rise, of course, you know, with the pandemic and isolation and people just being so worried and stressed about so many different things. But as I said, because you are, and because I consider you an essential um, wellness worker, what are some of the things that you're doing for yourself um, in this space? I know you, you're a mom, um, you've been at home. How are you taking care of yourself, Missy? So um, for one thing, I 
work out almost every day um, in some way. Um, Yeah. So that's really important to me. Um, I'm pretty cognizant. You fitness. Yes. I, I go to the gym. Um, I have stopped running in the past few months. I've Run, I've been a runner for runner. 30 plus years. Yeah, that's what I, I thought. I thought I remembered you being a runner. Um, I'm trying to remember. As I, I told my trainer the other day, I was like, I said, this is crazy. I said, I've been running for 15 years. <laughs> yeah. I said, I said, I've been running since I was 15. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, wait a minute. I'm like, adorable that you think you're 30, but you're <laughs> over 45. You were running for 30 years, girl. <laughs> 30 plus. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so um, I know I, I always think I'm like 29, 30. I, I don't meet people like in their twenties or thirties. I always think they're my age. Um, but I, I do work out. Um, I do um, watch what I eat. And I know what things I'm not saying I don't ever splurge because I absolutely do. I could drink my weight in Coke every single day. If I let myself, Mm -hmm. I, I do not let myself do it. Um, but it is definitely a weakness. So, and my, and my relationships, my friendships are so important to me. Um, and you know, my best friend that I've had since I was a very small child, I talk to her every day, twice a day. So, um, so yeah, so my, so exercise and I, and I really try to prioritize sleep as well. If you are not sleeping, people sleep is not a luxury. It is a necessity. And when people say, oh yeah, I get plenty of sleep. I get, you know, five hours a night. I'm thinking it's not enough. And when you do not have enough sleep, it makes you feel crazy. Mm-hmm. And every problem that you have is magnified, yes, it feels is. magnified when you are tired. Mm-hmm. So, so getting enough rest is, is critical. I think it affects your, um, because I have been, I have, I watch what I eat as well too. I eat pretty plant-based and um, digest it. And I do that because of digestion issues. Um, yes. Stomach just can't. But I realized also when I'm not getting enough sleep, what people don't realize is when you sleep, what is happening when you're sleeping? It's just like your phone. We always turn our phones off to, we got to let it reboot. You don't think you need a reboot? You don't think you yes. need to calibrate? You don't think things need to move and shift internally? For you to be able to work efficiently and move around and do all of these things that you do, it just doesn't happen by magic. You know what I'm saying? No. It has a lot to do with the food that you're putting in your body, which mm-hmm. also, oh my gosh, I can go on talking to you forever about this, food, food affecting your mood, you know, as well as movement, yeah. just as much as your environment, you know, all of those things really go into you being a, a well person, you know, mm-hmm. and, so- and your mental health is in your gut. Yes. So, yes. So it is, it is really important. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. You said that. I love that. You said that. Well, I'm so glad you're taking such good care of yourself. You look, I have her on video and so I can see her and she always looks amazing. So you're very generous and, but you're quite amazing yourself. Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, Missy, thank you so very much for being with us today. Um, hopefully my pleasure. Um, were really, you really helped me. Like, seriously, I thought I was going to start crying at first when we started talking about the anxiety, because really for me, it really has been a journey, like seriously, and understanding myself and understanding why I'm feeling these feelings, how I got there. Like it really does bring up a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And I do, um, a lot of meditation. I don't know if you meditate or anything like that. Um, but I do. And even in those spaces, like you're giving us affirmations and affirming words to say to ourselves, and then saying those things out loud and the importance of writing. Um, I use all of that with my meditation. And I'm telling you, I call it soul work. It really is because it is self-work and it is soul work. And although it is hard, it is necessary. 
And you come out on the other side, just, I think I posted that the other day on my Instagram, like it's hard work, but when you come out on the other side, you are shining so bright, you feel so good, Um, but it can be a tough road, you know, as you're going along, but you're better for it in the end and learning how to apologize and (laughs) be good, not just to other people, but to yourself is just so very important. Um, But can you please tell us, Missy, Um, where we can find you, where people can, um, if they want to work with you, um, because you're amazing and you just helped me in this hour, you know, 15 minutes. Oh, thank you. A session. Uh, So where can people find you, whether it's on social media or in Kentucky? Yeah, so um, my website is missyammerman.com. I'm on Instagram. I think I'm Missy Ward Ammerman Mm -hmm. on Instagram. Um, but that's my website. That's my Instagram. Um, and I'm, I'm physically located in, in Kentucky. So in Lexington, Kentucky. So that's where I do my, um, one-on-one, uh, sessions with, um, individual in-person clients. So that's where I am. Thank you so very much. You guys, if you need help, um, just changing your thoughts, if you need any help with anxiety, um, and just moving through those stuck feelings or if you need to learn how to apologize, and we all do, please give Miss Missy Ammerman a call. Um, I will have all of her information in the description box as well, but thank you so much for joining us. I hope this was helpful to you. If I can do anything for you, please don't hesitate to reach out to me, but I love you guys so much, and thank you for joining us today. Signing off, it's Rona with Road Trip to Wellness. Bye-bye.